good morning. Great to see you face to face today. Wow, 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 wow. What a journey we've been on together, huh? But after hearing that stuff from Romania and Honduras and what's happening in other parts of the planet, right? I think you and I need to get up every day and pinch ourselves and thank God for how blessed we are. I wouldn't want to trade places. None of us like what's going on, but do you realize how much worse we could have it? How much more we could struggle? And I want to talk to you this week, kind of picking up where we did last week. If you weren't here last Sunday or didn't tune in, um, shame on you because you can anytime, right? It's online. You can go back at any time. But seriously, we talked about why I hate Saturdays. And I can't go all the way through that, but let me just kind of give you a thumbnail sketch so it'll make sense where we're going today. Uh, if you know Jesus' story, he was crucified in a horrible, horrible, horrific way on a cross on a Friday. He was buried in a borrowed tomb. They had heard stories, but they didn't really understand, and they thought their Messiah, the one they all believed in, was gone. Saturday, nothing happened. We now know what happened on Sunday. He defeated death. We talked about that last week, that Jesus defeated the darkness. He defeated death, which gives all of us hope through the gospel. But Saturday, nothing happened. And the reason I said I hate Saturdays, and many of you can relate, because as a metaphor, Saturday is when in your life nothing seems to be happening. It's when you had the doctors give you the test, but the results haven't come yet. That's a Saturday. It's when you get a letter from your spouse after 20 or 30 years of marriage that says we're done, and you don't know how it's all going to end. That's a Saturday. Saturdays are those times in your life. It could be this whole COVID season, right? Like, when's it going to end? How's it going to end? That's a Saturday. I call those situations the messy middle. When you're in pain, you're searching for answers. You're searching for something, but it's not coming. Thus, I hate Saturdays. Well, today I want to talk to you about those lion eyes. Not lion, L-Y-I-N-G, but L-I-O-N, lion eyes. All right? Specifically, I want you and I to learn how to see our pain and how to see life through the eyes of a lion. Lions, I don't know if you knew this or not, but lions have spectacular vision. They're what they call long-sighted. They can see long, long distances, much greater than you and I. A matter of fact, if you want to kind of put it in perspective, the way you and I can see with perfect vision, they can see six times greater than that. So what you and I could see maybe way down the road and say, wow, yeah, I can tell maybe that's a person, right? The farther it goes, you're like, I don't know, is that a tree? Is that a bush? Is that a pole? I'm not quite sure what that is down there. A lion could see six times further than you. A lion would be like, oh, I can tell what that is. That, that's a person. That's a human being. Matter of fact, that's Billy. Matter of fact, that's Billy going to be my dinner. They could see it six times farther than you, all right? That's a lion's eyes. Lions, listen. Their eyes, they say, are like a telescope. Their pupils are bigger. The whole mechanism in their eyes, God designed, are like telescopes. They can see in the dark where you and I can't see in the dark. You and I can only see a few feet. They can see crazy good. If you're online, sorry for those of you, that I guess that's one perk of being home today. I'm going to show you a picture of a lion. You can look this up, those of you that are alive, when you get home. But a lion has white stripes under their eyes. You know why? God put them there. 
If you've ever played baseball, baseball players, we used to put black under our eyes so that the sunlight would come and get absorbed into that black and not glare in your eyes. A lion has white under there because every bit of light then bounces into the eye, which even at night, any light that's available goes into the lion's eye, which is why God designed them to be able to see so great. I want you and I to learn how to see our pain and how to see life in God's perspective like that of a lion with telescopic faith, if you will, to take full advantage. A lion takes full advantage of any light. You and I need to take full advantage as followers of Christ. Those of us that are, we, need, we have the light. We talked about it last week. His name is Jesus. There is no darkness in him. And we need to learn to soak up as much of that light, as much that God dishes out. We need to soak it all in as we possibly can. And guess what? That happens through his word. That's how our faith grows. You know where more faith comes from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. There's no way my faith can grow if I don't spend more time by spending time in the light and the light of God's word. So that's how we begin to see more like a lion. And let's just face it, we need that because otherwise we just see as humans. And I'm gonna show you today why that's insufficient. All right, so if you're, at home or you're here and you're on your phone or your iPad, we're gonna be in 2 Corinthians chapter four. It's kind of like the user's manual for looking at life through a lion's eyes, if you will, through that telescopic faith. We're gonna begin in verse 16. Paul, the apostle Paul writes this. He says, this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, get that? We're all dying. You're, let me tell you how close you are to death. You're one day closer than you were yesterday. Following me? Even though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. The real us, those of us that are connected to Christ, your spirit's being renewed every single day. Get this, for our present troubles are small and they won't last very long. That's what Paul says. You might be, whoa, 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 whoa. Paul, that's where I disagree. Like you don't understand the pain I've been in. You don't understand the season I've been in. You don't understand my adult parents that I've been caring for for years and I don't see an end in sight. What do you mean they're no big deal? What do you mean they're small and they won't last very long? Like it's been going on for years and I don't see a stop. Hold on. Yet they produce for us a glory. Everybody say glory. They produce a glory. Do you realize the pain that you're in, the troubles that you're in, the things that you and I are going through? God says, I'm gonna do something great out of it that vastly outweighs all of your problems and they're gonna last forever. So Paul said, listen, these things that we really have going on in our life, not to minimize it, but he said, compared to the glory that God's gonna do in them and through them and around them, they're pretty small and they won't last very long. And you say, who's Paul talking like that? Let me tell you, he didn't have a smooth sailing life. Paul was one of the greatest followers of Jesus Christ, right? But listen, this guy preaches and then he gets thrown into jail. And then he preaches and he gets beat up. Then he preaches and he has to get out of the city in a basket. Then he preaches and he gets in a shipwreck. Then he's building a fire one night and he gets bit by a snake. Paul had a thorn in his flesh. We're not sure what it was. It was some kind of physical ailment that lasted, as far as we know, his whole life. So here's a guy that said, listen, I'm not minimizing your pain like I've never had any. I've got pain. I've got troubles. I've had crazy things going on my whole life. But listen, he said, compared to what's coming and what God is going to do, this is small and it won't last that long. Now, here's what's interesting. <laughs> you say, but this is my life. 
this is just, this is my life. Like, I've had these pain for years. Like, you know what Paul would say? If you look at your life, those of us of faith, if you look at your life from when you were born to when you die, you're missing it. You're looking at the, with the wrong perspective. That's not your life. If all you're looking at is from the moment you live and uh, were born until the moment you die, that, that's, that's not your life. He said, are you kidding me? You people of faith, you got to understand, listen, that's just a small snippet. That's just a drop in the bucket. He, he said, I look at life like when we've been there 10,000 years and we have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. That's how I look at life, Paul says. Are you kidding me? Life isn't just this short little time we get to spend on this very crazy mean, evil earth. He said, this is just a snippet of 10,000 years and then we've just begun. That's how I look at my life. That'll give you a different perspective, won't it? That's starting to see life, my life, your life through the eyes of a lion. And Paul's thinking way bigger than we're thinking. So he goes, man, my life here on earth, even if I had pain every single day for the short time I'm here, 70, 80, 90 years, he said, that is nothing. Life is like a mist from your mouth on a cold day. It's here and then it's gone. So Paul had a different perspective. He had these ability in his eyes to see that like a lion because of his faith. He said, listen, whatever you're going through is not going to last forever, but what God is going to produce through it will last forever. I've got good news for you. Whatever cross you might have to bear on this earth, you're not going to keep it forever. You're not gonna keep it in heaven. What God produces in you and through you, in your spirit, listen, you will keep that forever. That's good news. We've got, that's why we have to learn from last week to cue the eagle. When we're weak, he is strong and we can call on him as followers, right? Those of us that have trusted him, day in, day out, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. But let's look at verse 18. So, everyone say so. So we don't look at the troubles that we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Can I tell you something? If all you do is fix your gaze on what can see, on what you can see, how many Instagram followers you have, how many Facebook friends you have, the logo that you wear on your jeans or your shirt, what you drive, where you live. Listen, can I tell you, if that's what you're focused on is all the stuff of this life, this little piece of life right now, your gaze is broken. Your gaze is broken. We need a gaze like that of a lion. That's why Paul says in the last part of verse 18, check this out, this is the best part ever. For the things we see now, take a look around. Everything we see now, Paul says, will soon be gone. But the things that cannot be seen will last forever. You get that? Paul said, man, if, if I look at all this stuff around me, I get disillusioned. I get depressed. I get discouraged. But he said, if we'll start to look at life through the eyes of a lion, through a telescopic eyes of faith, it changes everything. Speaking of telescopes, we've got some great telescopes on earth. I don't know if you've ever used a telescope or not. There's some amazing, amazing telescopes, super, super strong. You can look at the stars, but you know what's wrong with all these earthly telescopes is they're all distorted. I don't know if you know that or not. 
And the reason that they're distorted is because of the Earth's atmosphere. It blurs everything, so we can't see crystal clear. It's kind of like if we went inside the church, which we're going to get in there someday, and you look through a stained glass window, you don't see this world as you and I even see it now. And the reason you don't is because of the color and because of the imperfections in the glass. It gives you a distorted view. Well, that's what would happen if we look at a telescope and try to see the heavens. We can't see through the Earth's atmosphere. It gets blurry. It gets fuzzy. That's why, by the way, you know what? Stars. Remember, moms, you taught your kids. I remember my mom teaching me, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Did you know stars don't twinkle? Moms, you've been lying to the kids. Our eyes don't, our, the stars don't twinkle. You know why they appear to twinkle? Because we're looking through the Earth's atmosphere and pockets of gas, pockets of air actually distort it. And it's always burning bright, those stars. But because of the pockets in air and the pockets of gas, and even with a great telescope, it seems to flash. It doesn't flash. They're as bright as they ever have been. You see, the problems is the lens in which we're viewing them. Paul's saying, listen, the way you view life, you're just so focused on what's going on here. You need faith to see what you can't see because that's what's going to last for forever. So it's a lens problem, right? It's a lens problem. Leadership, listen to this, the leadership guru, Stephen Covey, he said, we don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. That's enlightening to me. So here's what we're going to do. In the moments that we have left, I want to challenge you from Scripture with this whole metaphor of those lion eyes, the telescope of, of faith, to how to view life and how to view your pain. And then we're going to get some real practicals that you can take away. Now, I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what a loved one of yours is going through right now. I don't know what you are going to go through in the days and the weeks and the months to come. But I can tell you this, the way you see it, the way you view it, has everything, has everything to do with the lens that you choose to see it through. And God wants to enlighten us today to have lion eyes. So, I want to challenge you to look through pain through these lens. Here you go. If you're taking notes, this would be a great thing to jot down. If you downloaded them and you're watching on your phone or whatever at home, here'd be a great thing for you to do. Suffering is not an obstacle to be to you to be you being used by God. It's not an obstacle to you being used by God. It's not. It's an opportunity to, for you to be used by God like never before. You see, we look at suffering, we look at his pain as like it takes us out of the game. God looks at it as, listen, it's an opportunity for me to do something great through you and around you. So I got three takeaways. Three takeaways, truths that'll move us towards praying and asking God to open up our eyes in a brand new way so that the things of this earth would grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and we would start to see the unseeable by eyes of faith. Here we go. Number one, here's your first takeaway truth. Don't rely on the naked eye. Don't rely on the naked eye. The naked eye is how we describe anything that you and I can see with our human eyes. I can look out here and as far as I know, my vision is great and I see a lot of great things. But all I can see is, is as a human. All you can see at, as a human. Some of you 
right? When you wake up in the morning, you have to put something on like glasses or stick a contact in your eye to see across the room. I don't have that issue. But even, even with your contacts or your glasses or me with good eyesight, I can only see what human beings can see. Can I tell you, if you and I want to be a part of the impossible, by faith we have to choose to see the invisible. And God says, only through him can we do that. If you look through the book of Hebrews and Hebrews chapter 11, all the great people of faith, the people that God used in the greatest way, they were just human beings, but they did something different with their faith. They began to put on the lens of God and his word and began to see things unlike every other human being. Not because they had more light, just like a lion doesn't have more light, they were just putting themselves in a position to capture it all and take it all in. Paul said this, my body is perishing, but my inward man is being renewed every day because our soul is in Christ. Paul said, listen, every day we have the ability to be more and more like Jesus as we put more of his light into our lives. And the way we do that is again through his word. So I want to tell you to learn to do a double take. It's a different double take than when you're on vacation, guys, and girls walk by on the beach. Okay, can I just tell you, that's the not the double take. That's a different message, whole different issue, whole different time. But what I want you to do is take a double take at God's word. That's how you get more faith. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So your, listen, your vision will always be tripping if your hearing of God's word is slipping. Every day I choose not to read God's word, my faith is gonna slip. Every time I'm disconnected from God's body, his church, I'm not serving, I'm not giving, I'm not showing up. Listen, my faith is slipping. I'm gonna see more and more like a human and in a human way every day that I stay away from God's word. So we gotta be all up in our Bible every day. I cannot encourage you enough. Most of us have had more time in these last six months than we've had in years. Are you taking advantage of it? If you know Christ, are you taking advantage of his word? Are you in it every single day? Listen, there's a gazillion reading plans. You just need to pick one and stick with it and pick up God's word every single day. It will change everything you're about. It will change your vision. You'll begin to see like God sees. You'll begin to see in faith instead of just as humans see. And you'll be amazed at how it changes everything in your life. I shared last week that it was 18 years ago that my mom passed away. 15 years ago that my dad passed away. And sometimes people will say, do you still miss him? Well, of course I still miss him. Of course. Sometimes I'll focus on it just a little bit and it'll kind of make me sad because I think, while they never saw our kids grow up and finish school. They never saw our kids get married. They've never met their great-grandkids. They missed my kids' weddings. There's all kinds of things that I can think about with my human eyes that they miss. And at times, I'm sure for those of you that have lost loved ones, which was everybody here and online, right? That can be very challenging. But you know what I've tried to learn? I've tried to learn how to see it differently 
how to see it differently. Because I have human eyes and that's how I tend to view things, but I also want to have eyes of a lion and see reality of how God sees it. So think about this for a minute. 18 years and 15 years since I talked to either one of my parents. 18 years and 15 years since I was able to give either one of them a hug or walk into their house. And in some ways, I feel like every year takes me further and further and further away, right? Think about that. Those of you who lost loved ones, it's like one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, six years. We can go on and on forever, how many? 15 and 18 for me. But then I got thinking, you know what? This week preparing for this message, I thought, wow, God, how do you see it? How do you see it? I'm seeing with human eyes, but the reality is this is only a short part of eternity. By a lens of faith, I can remember, wait a minute, Scott. Your mom and dad gave your, their lives each individually to Jesus Christ before they died. My parents don't live in a grave in Tecumseh. They're both in heaven. And so every day, if I think about that, you know what? Here I could say at one year, two years, three years, I'm getting further and further away. But you know what? I know Jesus is well. So you know what I am today? I'm one day closer than I was yesterday to seeing my parents again. So I'm not one day, two days, three days, four days, five days farther away. I'm one, two, three, four, five, closer to seeing my parents again. I've got more time with my parents coming up than I ever had on this earth. I got more time with those kids that I knew that died early on. I've got more time to hang out with my Savior than I ever I get to do here. This is, we get so locked into this thinking that we're seeing with human eyes, we don't even see what God sees. Are you kidding me? Listen, we gotta do a double take. We get so sucked in to thinking how this world thinks that we miss it. Those of you that are lonely, listen, you don't have, yes, I get that you're lonely. I mean, I don't get like you get because I'm not there. But listen, Jesus says he's always with you. And you might be some lonely today. But every day you're getting closer if you know Jesus to never, ever being lonely again. Those of you who went through bankruptcy and you say, I'm such a failure and look at, I can't believe and oh my gosh, look at this. Listen, I think you'll be okay because no matter what you're going through compared to what we have to look forward to in faith in Christ, it's just a small thing in a very short time frame. There's enough about the naked eye. Let's look at a second thing. Jot this down. Train for the trial that you're not yet in. Train for the trial that you're not yet in. Can I tell you something that I know about you? You and I all have this in common. We have two calendars. Two calendars. You say, no, we don't. Yes, we do. You have a calendar of what you have planned, and then we all have a calendar called reality. How many of you know there's a difference? We all have plans, right? You had plans this summer that didn't happen. You're not even sure what to plan for Christmas or Thanksgiving. Some of you said, well, I'm just planning it. Okay, but listen, we don't have a clue what's going to happen. And I'm not just talking because of COVID. I'm saying because we always have a plan, a calendar that we plan, and then reality hits. When my mom died, we had a plan. Matter of fact, we didn't know it was going to be that day. 
She was in the hospital. We didn't know that was her last day. My son was actually playing basketball on the Saturday that my mom died because we had plans and then there's reality. All of us have those stories, right? We've always got this. And the Bible says that man can make his plans, but that God actually determines his steps. That means sometimes life doesn't go the way we had it planned. That means sometimes we have banquet tables in the presence of our enemies. Wouldn't you like to ask God, like, yeah, thanks a lot. Like, why did they get invited? My enemies, like, right? Listen, our God always knows best. Our God doesn't see with human eyes. He sees with eyes of faith. You see, this, he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, forever. God knows and sees into the future that you and I don't know. And I'm so thankful that I have a God that I can trust, even when it doesn't make sense to me. I'm glad that I have a loving God that still has a plan. Listen, yeah, that's worth clapping about, absolutely. And we ought to live like that. And that's what happens the more you have lying eyes. You can see those sort of things. You, you might not even understand it all, but you trust it all. We don't know what's coming around the river bend, but you know what? My God does. I get to choose every day which lens I live through and look through. I get to decide every day if I'm going to open up my Bible and read and spend time with the God that can see around the river's bend, or if I'm going to say, no, thanks, God, I got this today. Now, Let's just be honest. Every day I don't open up my Bible, I'm kind of telling God I got this today. And sometimes it goes okay, and other times I have a disaster. And you know what happens when I have a disaster? All of a sudden I say, God, where you at? I was waiting for you this morning. Right? That's what I would say to you if I were God. Aren't you glad I'm not? Listen, God can speak to you a word in season when you really need it, and he can speak his words of faith out of season when you don't even see that you need it. Can I tell you something? This is a pet peeve of mine as a, as a pastor. It's always a mistake to walk out of church going, didn't really get anything out of that today. You know why that's the dumbest thing you could ever say? With all due respect, how do you know what you actually needed today? You see, you and I are looking very short-sighted. If all you're looking for is God's going to put a word in your heart today that you need today, you're pretty short-sighted and your God's pretty small. God says you're in training for trials that haven't even come yet. You better be writing down my words when God's, not my words, but God's word when they come because you know what? You're going to use those someday. You're going to need those someday. And if you can't pull those back, if you don't remember those, if you don't have them there for you, you don't have them. So can I give you a couple words of encouragement? Drink before you're thirsty and eat before you're hungry. And that is great words of faith. Right now, your life might be all sunshine and rainbows, but it won't stay that way. So you better be piling and I better be piling up God's truth into my heart, into our lives, so that when I have one of those dark days and I'm throwing up my hands, I've got a pile of God's word at my disposal. You see, we got to bless God in good times and in tough times. I don't know about you, but my human tendency is, is I do my own thing as long as it works. And when I have a disaster, then I want God and I want his words. Listen, we need to bless God when things are going great so that we'll also bless him when things are going great. It works both ways. So we got to train for the trial that we're not yet in. And then there's a third thing that's going to move us to the conclusion today. Jot this down. Let God use your pain. Let God use your pain. You know, God doesn't waste a hurt if you allow him to use it. 
He won't waste a hurt. Let him use it. One of the most beautiful and powerful ways to move through hardships is to believe that inside of any pain that I face or that you face, that God has power in that pain. It's kind of like someone, we've all heard the little story, right, of somebody being in jail and somebody bakes them a cake and they put a file in there so they can get out. Every bit of your pain, listen, God's sown some power into it to be used for his glory. So we need to learn to trust when we suffer. That sounds insensitive, but take it, please, the way that I shared it. Here's what Charles Bergen said. He said, God gives the most difficult assignments to his most trusted soldiers. Think about that. Some of you are in a lot of pain. And you're like, why me? But if we had those views of a lion's eyes, it'd say because God trusts that you're gonna do something great with it. That God's gonna be able to use that pain in your heart to help other people, to do something for my honor and for my glory that you never saw coming. Listen, God doesn't cause evil, but he's in charge of it. He doesn't make all that happen in your life, but he says, I can still take all of that and make something good out of it. That's the God that we serve, our loving heavenly Father. Again, it's our choice. What lens are you gonna view life through? You have to believe God allowed it just like he did to Job. Just like he allowed all the ugly to happen to Joseph. Every time God allows it, there's always a purpose of saving lives and bringing honor to glory in our pain. There's always a deeper story. So don't preemptively get mad. Don't throw your hands up in a huff and get angry at God. That's what the devil wants us to do. The devil wants us to get so angry and to spit and to curse and to walk away from God. And God's saying, oh, don't you dare. That's what the devil wants. That's what people do that just have human eyes. But we are people of faith. We know that this is only a little snippet of all that God is gonna do. And God allows pain in your life so he can offer something great to other people. He can do something through you and through that pain that you never dreamed possible. I'm gonna give you even more, he says. That's the God that I serve. You know what that does to me? When I think about my parents coming to Crossroads Community Church and this church being instrumental in both of them giving their life to Christ, little did I know three weeks after my mom gave her life to Christ, we would bury her. I never dreamed in a thousand years that at my mom's funeral, my dad, by faith, would receive Jesus Christ as a Savior and Lord. I never dreamed that three days later, my dad would join my mother in heaven. Could I be angry at God of why you took my mom and my dad so short after they both gave their life to Christ? I've been there. But you know, then I start to look at through the eyes of a lion and saying, God, thank you so much that you are so gracious and so merciful to give my parents 70 years of life on this earth. You are patient enough for them, for them to see the light of Jesus Christ and to give their life to him. And I'm not 15 and 18 years removed from them. I'm 15 and 18 years closer to them. And they're with you. And because I'm connected to you, we're connected together. And I've got more time in front of me. I've got 10,000, 15,000, 50,000, 500,000 years to spend with you, my Savior and my parents and every loved one that knew Jesus compared to 70 years that I had here that wasn't all that great. Let's be honest. (laughs) 
life is so short compared to eternity. And so I'm going to make a choice every day to get closer to my God through his word. And I'm going to choose to view life through the eyes of a lion like Paul. And I believe that God wants to do that through every one of you that are here and for every one of you that is watching online. And that's my prayer for you. And at the end of the day, it's a choice. And it's a choice that we'll all make every single day. We get to. We get to. Would you join me in prayer? God, I thank you for everyone. Everyone that's watching this via technology, everyone that's here in person. God, and I pray for everyone that is hurting today, whether they're hurting because of a loss of a job, the loss of a dream, the loss of a friend, a loved one, God, that is passed on. God, no matter what their pain is that they're suffering from today, I thank you, God, that none of these things have overcome you or surprised you. And God, I thank you that you have a plan in all of them to use what the devil meant for evil, to use it for your kingdom's good. God, grow our faith as we spend time in your word. God, I thank you that you promised to be near the brokenhearted. And so I thank you for each broken heart because whether we feel it or not, you're close to them right now. And God, I pray that you open the eyes of their heart to help see the invisible so that they can do the impossible. Listen, there are those of you as we continue to pray that are here live in person, some of you that have turned on a computer. A friend told you, maybe you just stumbled on it. You thought today was just gonna be an ordinary day, but suddenly today you're starting to view things and see things in a way that you've never seen before. That's because God's reaching out to you in a way that you've never experienced before. Some of you are so low right now in your life, if the truth were known, you don't think you could get any lower. You say, what about that? What if God allow you to come to a place where you were so low that the only thing you could do is reach up and look up to him? That'd be a great day, wouldn't it? When you recognize that you have a need for a savior and a Lord. Even if things are going good, you might think, oh, things are going really well, but deep down you feel like when you really look at it, there's something missing. Because if you don't have Jesus living inside, you're missing the purpose in which you were born. If you miss faith in Jesus, this little life right here, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, 20 years, that's all you got. And then you step into eternity where God will give you exactly what you chose in this life, which is separation from him. But that's not God. That's not what he wanted. That's why he so loved you, the Bible says, that he sent his only son. He came in the form of a baby who grew up to be a man who was crucified on a Friday and resurrected on a Sunday so that not only could he defeat death, but those of us that put our faith and our hope in him would also defeat death. People say you only have one life. 
live it to the fullest. Listen, I don't care how full you try to make this life. If you choose to miss out on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you couldn't make a more awful decision. But the good news is, if you provide the sinner that you are, and you turn to Jesus by faith, and you tell him you're sorry for your sins, and you invite him in to be your Lord and your Savior, he'll take up residence in you. And from that moment forward, he gives you a gift called eternal life, heaven life, forever life with him. And then no matter what goes on in your life, good or bad, you understand it's just a brief moment compared to a million years eternity. And then we just began seeing every loved one, seeing your Savior face to face. If that's you today and you're ready to say yes to Jesus, whether it's live here in person or on the internet, make this your prayer from wherever you are. Say, God, by faith today, I turn from my sins. I admit that I'm a sinner, but I turn from them and I turn to you in faith. God, if what I've heard is true, that you died for me, I accept that gift. I ask for all of my sins to be removed, to be erased. Place your spirit in me. And from this day forward, according to your word, I now am your child that can never, ever change. I've been adopted that can never, ever be undone. And from this day forward, as long as I have breath in this life, I want to spend it with you. I want to begin to see you and love you like you love me. I want to open up your word every day. I want to serve more. I want to give more. I want to, God, invest in people in my life so that they could know you like I know you. If you're at home, type in the chat right now, I said yes to Jesus. If you're here live in person, listen, email us when you get home. Talk to somebody maybe even before you leave, but email us, office at I Love My Church and say, I said yes to Jesus today. We'll contact you, we'll celebrate with you, we'll let you know what's next. <laughs> and I pray that today, and for the rest of the day and tomorrow, that you and I will wake up, open up God's word, and choose to live with the telescopic eyes of a lion. We give you the praise, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Listen, I pray you have a great week. I, have, I hope you have a week because of your choices where you see everything around you differently. I pray every day you'll open up God's word and pray that he'll begin to give you eyes of faith. And don't throw it out if you don't get a word every day that's like, oh, that rocked my world today. He could be planting words in you because the trials there's more coming. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. He's defeated the darkness. And for that, we can praise him. God bless. Have a great week.